Hello, I'm Viv Groskop, author, journalist, stand-up comedian and person who has recently discovered the utter joy of wearing trainers as often as possible. And this is We Are Women. We Are Women is the Mint Velvet podcast. You can get in touch with us via the Mint Velvet Facebook page or follow at Mint Velvet on Instagram. Every couple of months, we bring fascinating people together to make sense of life, of style and of, well, well, lifestyle. And to help us do that today, we'll be joined by Cherry Healy. I remember once being in Las Vegas and they put me in the fattest hotel suite ever. I had a bath the size of this podcast room. And I just thought, all I want is to go to Nando's with my friends. By Rosie Underwood. If you're hanging out in your house feeling rubbish because every time you catch yourself in the mirror you look rubbish then it's time to shake things up and look good and by christine armstrong you know the dental appointment for the kids is three years late and they can't see out of their fringes and the last thing you've got time to do is say oh let's have date night diet should we choose something nice on netflix and you know get a waitress curry darling Our theme this time at what is, let's face it, the beginning of the festive season is togetherness. And so in the spirit of togetherness, let me introduce you to the guests who are together with me now, right now in the glamorous Mint Velvet studio. Rosie Underwood is a stylist and writer whose expertise in all things fashion, beauty and lifestyle has led her to work behind the scenes at the Oscars, the BAFTAs and the Cannes Film Festival. She shared the exclusive style and career building insights of celebrities from Sarah Jessica Parker to Eve. Eva Longoria to Rosie Huntington-Whiteley and she's currently fashion and beauty director at OK Magazine. Christine Armstrong is the author of the best-selling recent book The Mother of All Jobs, How to Have Children and a Career and Stay Sane-ish, which has been called both a guided missile of a book and very funny. As well as being a writer, she's co-founded a communications consultancy and advises business leaders on the future of work. She's also, against her own advice, an active member of the PTA. Mm. Welcome, Rosie and Christine. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Welcome to the Togetherness episode. I've had my ego like fully massaged with that you intro. I feel great. Guys, this is what Togetherness is all about. It's about celebrating you for who you are. <laughs> yeah, you guys, that's just what you did with your lives. Get used oh. to it. Now, this idea of togetherness, especially mm. thinking in a festive way, what does it mean for you at this time of year, Rosie? Do you like to be on your own, have a bit of downtime, or is it big family get-togethers? How does it work for you? Um, I am all about family this time of year. It's be- when I'm not working, it's just like, and I like to get out of the city and just be immersed. Like, I'm such a cliche. I love to be in nature with family. And it's just something, it just fills me up. It charges me. But there is something, I always say you can't pour from an empty cup, slightly cliche. And to do that, I think there is, it is important to be able to be on your own a little bit. When you say family, do you mean your kids? Because you're oh, I don't have kids. Or, right? Don't have them yet. But I'm going to ask you about that. <laughs> so family is siblings, parents. Siblings, parents, cousins, aunties, uncles, and all. And, and friends, you know, friends do become like family, especially women. You're like lionesses. You need to work in a tribe and you need to surround yourself with the right people and filter out the idiots. And Gosh, I love this lioness thing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And um, Christine, what does togetherness mean for you in terms of family and Christmas? So quite, my, my sister is the, the hostess with the mostess. So she has the big family country house oh, with a proper nice. chimney, proper chimney. And we go there every Christmas. And it's just like the most, it's like the middle of nowhere, you know, animals, wildness. It's really lovely. And my kids actually just think that's where Christmas happens. How many kids do you have, <laughs> I have three. They are nine and six and four. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
That's yeah. that's a big Santa list, isn't it? Yeah, I'm well done. And um, Rose, I would think you probably would need some downtime because your work involves a lot of travel mm. and a lot of hanging out with very glamorous people yeah. and celebrities. <laughs> You've worked with a lot of very big stars. Yeah. Do you find yourself getting star starstruck still, or do you just get used to it? It's a funny one that because my. My ethos since I was really young was to, this is quite yogi of me, so it's slightly namaste, <laughs> is to just literally treat everyone. Like, I've all, I treated my, the, cle- the cleaner at work and the postroom guys the same as I would my managing director. That's always been the way I've worked. So when I was first introduced to working with celebrities, it, that's exactly what I did. And it worked for me like a treat because they were just like, cool, like, we're all humans that have to coexist on the same planet, like... You know, is there we, anybody who has made you well, yeah, your this jaw is, drop? This is the thing, right? So I say this, and I say this all the time, like, nope, treat everyone the same. But obviously there's the odd person where you're like, holy mother, I'm sweating. Yeah. Um, so my first one was, like, Leonardo DiCaprio. Obviously, I was like, hold it together, woman. Like, I had to have a Were serious Were you styling word. him? So you're, like, having to put his pants on? No, and like I had to talk to him when I was working at the Oscars. Okay. Um. Uh, it was at an Oscars party. Oh, it was really embarrassing, actually, because I was just, like, trying to be cool and I wasn't being cool. And then I saw him again a few years... And I was holding two gin and tonics and he was like, you're all right. And I was spilling them everywhere. <laughs> and then I saw him again a few years later he at the BAFTAs. stalking you. No, I think I'm probably stalking him. That's probably, <laughs> let's be honest. And then I was... And the same thing happened. I'm not a big drinker, but I was carrying two gin and tonics again. And he looks at me like... It's a gin and tonic girl, that British girl. She's still drinking. But it actually serves you well. These American actors, if you've got an English accent, they quite love it. They they literally yeah. are just like, oh, your accent's cute, let's talk. So it, it works in your favour a little bit. Oh, <laughs> Did you end up flirting with them? I can't help it. How do you not? Like, genuinely, I kind of go a bit kind of like, oh. And then once I tripped over George Clooney's leg, mm-hmm. that wasn't a good move. But they they just find it quite endearing if you're a bit, like, starstruck and a bit I'm like, so oh. sorry, George. Yeah, sorry, George. <laughs> And all my clothes have fallen off. (laughs) Oh, and I'm naked. (laughs) Rosie, there seems to me to be two ways of being a celebrity. Either they can be extremely down to earth Mm. or they can be totally diva-ish. And I wouldn't expect you to spill the beans (laughs) of what goes on behind the scenes Mm. at, at fashion shoots. But do you know immediately when you meet a celebrity which camp they're going to fall into? Yeah, and it's all to do with how they introduce themselves to you. So one that's actually... I've worked with David Beckham a couple of times and he um, he's he's lovely actually he always introduces himself as David as opposed to being you get the odd person that's like hi as if to be like you know who I am already and when they walk in you're a bit like oh someone has had their ego massage a lot you don't want to go in trying to impress these people you want to actually do the opposite so then they kind of relax in your company they're like this person just wants to have a laugh and then you're you're on the same plane. It sounds like you're very suited for this work, Rosie. <laughs> um, Christine, you are no stranger to outrageous and diva-ish behaviour, especially amongst parents, which yeah, you're very... Really, you thought I was going to reveal something terrible on air then. Because well, your book, um, The Mother of All Jobs, which is just so funny and brilliant and it just rang so true for me for lots of the experiences I've had as a mother, there are lots of outrageous stories about 
bad behaviour of mums, about bad behaviour towards mums. Um, a lot of the contributions, I think all of them are anonymous. They how, had to be. Yeah, how I didn't did want to cause any divorces those? or get people fired. I mean, basically, so my approach with interviews is I just like, just tell me everything, tell me everything, and we'll, like, we'll conceal who you are, like, make up your name, I don't care. And at my launch party, there were people going up to each other going, hi, I, I'm ecstasy, actually, because there's a story about the ecstasy, and somebody else going, yeah, actually, I'm married to Fire Escape. And so, like, all this, like, shorthand <laughs> okay, for all of the terrible stories. Those. What's ecstasy? So Sorry. ecstasy was something, she's got really, her and husband both have really, I cannot emphasise how responsible and sensible their jobs are. And so, and they've got kids and they, they have a very, very grown up life, but they're always quite stressed and quite wired. And on a Friday night, they'd had a really big week and they go to somebody's 40th and it's very sensible and they're having a few drinks and da, da, da. And anyway, they end up taking ecstasy and then they look out the window and realise that dawn is coming up and it's actually their daughter's ninth birthday and they're on completely the wrong side of London. So they like Uber back, they have to break into their own house because they know the kids will be up and if they go through the front door they're obviously going to get spotted so they break in through the back door and they kind of get into bed and zone out and they're like yeah I think we got away with it it's sort of fine and then the phone rings and they hear their daughter going hi Nan yeah yeah no I haven't had any presents or anything actually because um, mum and dad are still in bed and um, it's weird because they weren't here at five when I went to look for them so then they're like the cover's totally blown through the whole family and they're like poor girl is like where is my birthday where's the celebration (laughs) so it's stuff like that you know it's the stuff that really happens and you're quite mortified by but you know I think it's breaking out of that stereotypes that mums are like the Bisto mum. You know, we're not. We all grew up in a different world and we all sometimes behave a little bit you know, like students. Mm. And what? who is Married to Fire Escape? What's that So Married about? to Fire Escape. So Fire Escape is a friend of mine. I talk about her in the introduction, but she basically had a really, really full-on job and we both had really small kids and we just met on this Saturday night in a pub and we, we did, I mean, I, I, I we went mad. We just, I don't know what happened. We were just so wound up, basically. What we did was we ate an entire camembert, like a baked camembert <laughs> and nothing else and drank cocktails and drank wine. And I, I remember trying to run home after I got off the bus at the other end because I'd eaten so much cheese. And um, anyway, and she basically, we were just like, why can't we make it work? We're working full time. We have these kids. Like, you know, everyone says we should be able to do this. And she said, you know what I do? I leave work by the fire escape because I really desperate. I just want to lay eyes on my kids once a day. And I leave often before they get up. And um, and I can't because my colleagues will work really, really late and they would hate me. So I literally, I leave my jacket on the chair and go down the fire escape. And I just thought, OK, this is like a moment. Like, this is ridiculous. What are we doing? And it sort of inspired the book in some ways. Oh, Rosie, this isn't just something for parents either, is it? No, I mean, you work really long hours don't you well this is the thing and I get I find actually mothers at work super inspirational because this is the problem with this day and age you may stay (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to stay basically it's all about essentialising right so people are so busy but not necessarily productive I did that with my hands. What's what are these called? Yeah, air quotes. Air quotes. Busy, right? But they're not necessarily productive, right? Our energy's dispersed in all these different directions, and you're not necessarily getting loads done. And I think it's technology. There's, it's, I call it popcorn brain. So you look at mums, and they are so much more productive than a lot of members of staff. They get it all done before you know five o'clock because they've got to go and pick up the kids and I found out the other day apparently you get charged yeah. 15 quid if you're 10 minutes late to pick yeah. up the child what? Yeah. what the actual totally. yeah. I can't even cope with that I haven't even got the I mean the central line is down today I mean that will, yeah. yeah. I mean it'll just be there'll be people like running sweat yeah. you know if they're trying to get Rosie you must continue to use contraception yeah. <laughs> we are the biggest <laughs> advert for contraception that exists <laughs> the thing that you write about in your book as well yeah. is the impact on relationships mm-hmm. because that's the other thing that yeah. 
ends up going to the back of the list. How do people deal with that? What's your I advice? I think it's really difficult. I think when you've got two of you in big jobs that are really time-consuming, you can really end up in two different orbits where he's worrying about July's numbers, and she's worried about like the cancellation of some contract and the you know the dental appointment for the kids is three years late and they can't see out of their fringes and three of them have got nits and you know it, like it's all crowding and the last thing you've got time to do is say oh let's have date night tonight should we choose something nice on Netflix and you know get a waitress curry darling it just doesn't happen one of the women in my book says she can't stand the way her husband breathes you know she's so irritated with the world that his breathing annoys her and so there's lots of sort of people who've kind of gone through that and some people I've interviewed who come really close to divorce and pull back and you know one of them says you know that she got really close to it and she was like okay we've got to stop with the box sets we've got to stop with just drinking wine when we come through because we're so bloody wound up that we need to calm down and her thing is like sleep naked because at least you stay like connected like it's a part of your world that's special Mm. and like that's just for you but then she did tell me quite recently she doesn't actually do that well, she doesn't sleep naked. No, that's her advice. And she then went, she said, I still don't do it. Well, that's Still's really pajamas. sad. I know, I know. That's really sad. Now, we cotton. always ask... Cotton. Cotton. Mm. We always ask us a question at the beginning of the podcast to come back to at the end. So this is something for you to think about. Right now, we're asking for topical recommendations. So this could be a book you've read, a recipe you've discovered, a new film. Coming up in a little while, our interview with Cherry Healy. But first, it's been a while since we heard the glittering guests of We Are Women muse on our favourite question. What advice would you give to another woman? Or in this case, perhaps we should say to another person. Uh, My name's June Sarpong. By day, I'm a television presenter. By night and early morning, uh, I have a book out called Diversify. The advice that I would give to a woman uh, is to know your power. I think women are the most powerful force within the universe. And the minute we tap into that, great things happen. My name's Petra Velzebor. I'm a mental health consultant, therapist, counsellor, podcast host. And the best advice I would give to another woman is listen to your intuition and do it. Take action. Don't wait for anyone else. Hello, I am Robert Webb and I am the author of How Not to Be a Boy. And the advice I would give other men is relax. Thanks to June, Petra and Robert, who featured on our episodes 13 on self-care and 18 on Time Out. Do check out our back catalogue to hear more from them. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, because we love to hear from you and it really does help other people find us. One of the things you've been telling us is you'd love to hear more about style and how to make sense of it. So welcome, drumroll, to the first of our style surgeries. Now, this might be party season, but it's also the season of snuggling up on the sofa with your loved ones. And I've recently come across this term, Jomo, which is basically the opposite of FOMO, the joy of missing out. I really love that. Um, I'm very down with this idea of celebrating staying in. Are you a night in or night out kind of woman? I hate to say it, but I am a night in type of woman. I mean, it's good to have a balance, like that word's thrown in there all the time. But like, oh, there's so, there's fashion is moving that way, you know? There's so much out there now for just staying in and chilling out and... 
and looking good in the process. It's not about looking scruffy. It's about looking quite chic in your casuals. And yes, this great. is so interesting, isn't it? So Mint Velvet has this Hugger collection, yeah. which is specially designed for looking stylish in the comfort yeah. of your own home, which, of course, I'm expert at. So if you're staying in, this vibe is about you don't have to wear baggy trackies in a dirty sweatshirt. You can actually look rather lovely. What would you recommend? I tell you what's a good one, actually. Silk is the number one. And I know it's a bit more pricey, but my theory is, you know, spend more, you're going to be buying less. You know, you spend a bit more on that kind of one item. Silk's a thermoregulator as well. So basically, when you're warm in the summer, it will keep you cool. And when you're cold in the winter, it's going to keep you warm. And it looks great. Victoria Beckham loves hanging out in silk pyjamas. It sounds all very kind of zhuzhy and cool, but it actually is just a really good investment. And I encourage people to just get some silk pyjamas. No, if I was married to David Beckham, I wouldn't be wearing any silk yeah, pyjamas, no, Rosie. Be, yeah, I'd be walking tell you that for nothing. <laughs> what, what would you say to people who just say, well, this is ridiculous. If you're just staying indoors, then why would you invest? What's the point? I think you invest to make yourself feel better. You feel good, you look good, and then you look good when you step out into the world. Um, it's, it's There's a lot of talk about self-care and the wellness movement, and this actually ties into that. It's just about looking after yourself. And if you're hanging out in your house feeling rubbish because every time you catch yourself in the mirror you look like rubbish, then it's time to shake things up and look good. I just think fit, if you look good, you feel good. Um, Christine, what do you wear when you're at home chilling out? So we call them badger pants, but I don't know why. I love that. Badger, oh, ba- pants. badger pants, yeah. We both have badger pants. And it's like the both basic... Both you and your husband. Yeah, is that really... It's really hey, I, I've just baby, hey, way too much. Are you going to wear your badger pants <laughs> tonight? <laughs> I'm going to wear my this badger pants. This is such pants. a bad insight. Can we what rewind this the badger pants? No, they're just pyjama bottoms, like with a random sort of T-shirt and top. But it's just like that kind of like wind down. It's not bed. It's sort of just, you know, that in-between zone between outdoors and indoors. Yeah. Pants. Don't see, know that, why. That, see, this is a trend. That's what I was talking about. Like, there, there's a there's a look for in between going to bed because you're going out the door to Amazon. Yeah, in it. You're not going to find anyone. Yeah. yeah, but you're not going to go to the shops like that. Hold on, guys. This is style surgery. Sorry, this is not a <laughs> Where stylish. Where is the style in the badger pants, Rosie? <laughs> but it's it's casual, cool. Yeah. You, you do look. Yeah. You look nice in your badger pants, I like to don't think you? So. Yeah. Well, there we go. Lovely though the sofa and the badger pant may be, there is a thrill in going out and getting dressed yes. up to go out this time of year, isn't there? For me, the key is wear something that you feel really good in, but that is also glamorous. For me, I'm always little black black dress. Um, Christine, what's your party so go to? I just bought, and I'm so excited about this. I think Rosie might be horrified. I've just bought myself a black tutu. And it's cute. It's three quarter length. I was in this little shop in oh, Whitstable. Midi, midi length. Yeah, mm-hmm. with black boots and a little black top, and then like a really like quite neat jacket. I really love wearing it, and it's definitely going to be my Christmas do. Can you see the elastic at the top? Yeah, but I sort of wear a top that just goes slightly over Fine. it. That's brilliant. What a nice silhouette you're creating with the yeah yeah, and you can keep it black. You yeah. don't have to go all crazy no. with the colour if you wear a tutu. And you can do big jewels with it yeah. as well. Rosie, what are the key trends in party wear at the moment? Are we talking tailoring, dresses, sequins? And who is wearing this look well at the moment? Um, well, the thing is, we touched on it earlier, actually, when we came in. We were all raving about animal print, right? And this is brilliant because it translates very nicely from day to evening, which is something everyone has a problem with, right? Like, especially this time of year. It's so fierce and it's really like 
it's just a way to dress and kind of feel really empowered. And so, can you have? Can we have too much? Because I have in my time done triple leopard. Yeah. Okay. So basically, Tom Ford this year went mad for animal print. Like everyone else, so Victoria Beckham did a little bit of leopard, and then I think Isabel Morant got the old python print pants out down the runway and everyone's like oh that's interesting tom ford went down he just basically went for like jungle book on the catwalk and some people could pull that off i'm not recommending it to everyone come party season but what i'd say is play on your texture a bit with the animal mm. prints so go for a nice red silk animal print shirt so you're fine with red in an animal print red. so i was going to ask that because there's a lot of that about isn't yeah there? There's a, yeah and red is actually now paired off with black quite nicely whereas that used to be a no-go but now it I really like highlights it yeah yeah so for so basically for the office literally it just you can wear it to work and then it translates to the night perfectly and i just think it looks great yeah um that's my number one for party season also sequins on jumpers it's a bit cliche but it does it does look nice depending on where you get it from Mint Velvet, they have got some nice... You can stay. Yeah, I know, but they do. Okay, there's one at the moment, which I absolutely love. Which it's grey, roll neck. Yeah, so it sounds like, oh, it's a bit warm. But it's got sequins and it's quite thin all around the neckline. Mm. And then it kind of just goes down your arm. So it's asymmetric. And then it's just nice grey, kind of nice merino mm. knit underneath. And it just, it's very kind of... Dress up, dress Perhaps down. Pair that with a badger pant. Yeah, badger pant chic. How are you feeling you about could. velvet? Because there's a lot of velvet around. Velvet is really nice, but it's like so bloody warm. Yeah, it does, you've got to be careful this time of year that you don't this find yourself bit... sweating in a bar somewhere. Mm, um, and it looks, it looks. That's stunning. my favourite fashion quote ever. You've got to be careful you don't find yourself somewhere <laughs> sweating in a bar. You can look great, but you've got to. Th- you know, I was talking about. If you take about... it off, and it's if it's your because cheap velvet, I, like I think you need to. Get good velvet. That's kind yeah, of my do. take. It's got to look yeah. quite... And fake silk doesn't do it either because you're sweating that. Literally, like, spend a bit more and you'll you'll part with less cash along the way. Love <laughs> it. So you've now heard Rosie's thoughtful take on silk and velvet. Let's strip it right back to the essentials because we all love a list. So, Rosie, what are your chart-topping smash hits that own the five must-have top slots on your shopping list right now? Really boringly, a pair of white Converse because you can dress them up or down now because they go with dresses and you're allowed to wear them now to bars, to work, comfort first. They look great. Get them on your list. They're number one. Number two, sounds quite boring, but everyone needs one, is a grey cashmere jumper that is tailored. You can wear them with your pyjama pants in the evening and you can wear them with a really nice skinny pair of black jeans for work with a studded ankle boot and you'll look amazing. Um... A midi skirt, and when I say midi, that it needs to kind of skim the tops of your ankles. This is a new thing. Looks great with a little bit of heel. You need to elongate yourself with those, but they just look so beautiful with either a jumper or just a really casual t-shirt, and they look really beautiful. Um, number four. Delicate gold jewellery. If you could see me now, you'd be like, all right, what a narcissist, but it really, really works, and they just lift any outfit and it's a way of kind of expressing yourself as well high-waisted racer stripe jeans they literally elongate any figure and you can dress them up and down they look great fantastic of course there's more on this topic on the mint velvet website so do check it out but i want to know more Rosie, about who we might think of as a role model for wearing these things um obviously i i love 
to think of myself as a sort of mm-hmm. fern cotton. Yes. That's, that's my style icon. Who would we see, for example, in a racer jean? Well, definitely Fern, number yes. one. She rocks a racer jean and she's she's one for rocking it when she's like running around with the kids and the next minute she's like at some swanky event in the same jeans looking like a million dollars. So let me get this right. This is a jean with a stripe up the side yeah. in the style of leisure wear. Yeah. And it could be a velvet perhaps. Yeah, it could be it could be a different texture to the denim that you're right. wearing, which is offsets the denim. They look really they make people look taller. That's the thing. And who would be the sort of person we might see in one of these new length of midi skirts? It sounds almost like um halfway between a midi and a maxi. Yeah. This is what it they're they're a tricky one to style. They're not for the faint hearted, but they look amazing if you do it right. Olivia Palermo loves them. Um so does Sarah Jessica Parker. And um but weirdly, right, Sarah Jessica Parker's not the tallest woman in the world. So for the vertically challenged amongst us, I'd just say kind of steer away. But you, she rocks them just with a killer Louboutin. So if you've got them in your wardrobe, you're good to go. Yes, excellent. And this gold jewellery, I yeah. do worry about that because I think you need to be quite a delicate frame to carry that mm, off. Not necessarily. The thing is about it is that, like, it's a little way of adding an accent to an outfit without having to go full on... Bobby Dazzler and it's a talking point because you can get so many of them that basically you know you get your feathers you can get your zodiac you can get you know your star constellations you can get all of these things that make people go oh why are you wearing that and you're like oh right okay now I'm going to tell you about my obsession with crystals and it just goes and it just it's a nice talking point this is not a look I can carry <laughs> you can you can you're doing a bit I am extremely excited to say I'm sitting opposite the wonderful Cherry Healy. Such and a long table, isn't it? I feel like we're at a banquet. We're a long way apart. <laughs> Cherry Healy is an instantly recognisable face from our TV screens. She first rose to prominence with her series of documentaries such as Cherry Has a Baby, Cherry Goes Dating, Cherry's Parenting Dilemmas and, of course, Inside the Factory. She's now a presenter on Sunday Morning Live on BBC One and is about to start her new BBC Five live show, Cherry Healy. Great name for a great show, I'm sure. (laughs) Her list of talents goes on and on as she's also the author of the extremely funny and candid book, Letters to My Fanny, a series of confessions that formed a love letter to her body and prompted a successful interview podcast of the same name. Now, this is really, really interesting to meet you because you're someone, I think, who is very at ease in the public eye and you do a lot of work that really puts you out there in terms of how vulnerable you have to be and and immerse yourself in difficult situations. Have you always been such a public person? Yes, definitely. It's I definitely feel really lucky to have found something that fits who I am. I you spend so much time at work and boys come and go and hopefully they they stay but you know sometimes they don't or sometimes you don't want them to you know but life life transitions in so many different ways I'm so old that when you say boys come and go I thought you were talking about small children because I've got two sons you mean men 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 come and go men you know life transitions friends change where you live changes but I feel really glad I feel honestly every day I feel really lucky that I found something that I care about and I find interesting and I've I think it's. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm like this. I think partly because I've got three quite chatty brothers, um, and I think girls haven't always been given permission. We're not always given permission to um, be warts and all, and to be a bit sometimes a bit grotesque, a bit ugly, a bit frank. I've always felt at ease with talking about 
kind of the, the grottiness of life, the mm. realness of life. You do approach lots of different topics across your work. What's the thing that unites them for you? It's often, it's often the thing that I'm talking about with my friends at the time. So all of the programmes, and surgery's been a big one recently because I'm approaching 40 and I look around and I think, well, it seems like everyone is getting surgery. It seems like it's just exploded into the mainstream. When I was 20, I hated my body, just, just hated it, hated how I looked. And if I had had access to surgery then, I would have spent all my money on surgery. And I'm so glad I didn't have access to it because I had enough money to travel the world and go to university. And I would have really had a different life if I hadn't done those, I think. Mm, yeah, tell us more about this because this new documentary, it's with W yeah. and it's called Sex, Knives and Liposuction. What sort of age of women want these things? And we were looking at the trend in young people, particularly in their 20s, early 20s. Girls getting boob jobs for their 16th birthday. And... It's difficult for so many reasons. I, I tried to come at it with a blank canvas because I've grown up with um, surgery as a taboo. So I tried to wipe that clean because I thought, well, actually, I get a fake tan. I've got hair highlights. I've got a nose ring. I wear makeup. I wear high heels. Like nothing. What's about what about me is authentic. I didn't really look like this. So I really tried to grapple with the complexity of it. And it was very difficult because we asked a lot of women, who did you do it for? And, it, and we all say... I did it for myself. Like when I say I've got a spray tan, well, I did it for myself. But how do you know? Because we're a subject of the society we've grown up in. So it's like asking a fish to describe water. So like, well, what you, what's water? Because the world tells us that we're ornaments, that your existence is the value of you is to look nice for me. And if you mm. don't look nice for me, well, you're not that valuable as a woman. As part of this uh documentary as well you had Botox yes. for yourself which is something you wouldn't normally I don't have I, but I don't think I did do it for myself and for a while I tricked myself into thinking I was doing it for journalistic curiosity no I wasn't I was totally doing it because I wanted it and I do really like it you but had it injected in your forehead three places so in my forehead and in what's that bit in between the, my eyebrows the frown crease yeah frown crease mm-hmm. and then um, my eyes and not, not literally in your eyes not in, in my eyeballs <laughs> okay and what was the result? Were you pleased? It was with it? really tight. I, I hadn't, I hadn't, I didn't know that it was going to be so tight, so tight. It's like someone's stretching your skin, which I didn't particularly like. And um, what I realised was, if something had gone wrong, I'm on telly on a Sunday morning, for example, and I, you know, makeup can cover that up. Like if I had an, eye, if I had an eye drop, because sometimes it can hurt a muscle. If I get, sometimes it can create really weird, big, weird dimples. I also know that it's a slippery slope because I had it done. I really liked it. I knew I looked a bit fresher and a bit more um, well-slept. And I started thinking, I wonder if I can get my lips done. And I wonder if I wonder if I can get a slightly squarer jaw. And I thought, oh, my God, the slope is greased. I mean, this is an oily, oily slope. I probably would try Botox again or try I probably would have Botox again, but very rarely and nothing else but I'm still nervous even talking about it it's it's falling into that same cycle of women can't look older that I have to apologize for getting older so I feel like I I'm I'm just playing into that which is mm, confusing I can, I can tell you that you're very conflicted very on this because I, I want to look nice I also was very aware of being a very privileged not unattractive woman now I'm not a knockout I'm, but I'm not unattractive. Like, I'm all right looking. 
and well, I think very you're, I annoying. think you're one of these nines. Nine, you're oh nine. God. You're a nine point five, so Cherry. Out of what? Who's out of hundred? Who's <laughs> reporting as a seven? No, and do you speaking know what? as do you know a five point seven. When I was doing this show, I found some of the girls that I met who had surgery. They had surgery for success. Surgery said they felt more confident. Surgery said that they would get modelling jobs or they would get promotional jobs. Now I'm not saying they achieved that, but I was very aware of being a very privileged woman. With, with expensive education coming in and going, hmm, I just think it's a bit tacky to have surgery. Yeah, I can to see be, you, so, you don't want to judge people. Yeah, I, I was aware of not wanting to be that woman. Uh, you recently tweeted about mental health and you mentioned about how taking action is much more effective and important than posting motivational messages. Hashtag inspo, hashtag <laughs> follow your bliss. Oh, um, bless so life. can you tell Get me... plant-based, hashtag yeah, plant-based. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm really interested in the different definitions of what is what. Um, after I got divorced, I had I put on lots of weight because I was I was eating and drinking constantly because I didn't really realise quite how obsessed I was about the whole thing. I'm definitely someone who just gets on with things. And I think like, I'd really stopped and, and said to anyone, I feel very upset by this. I just feel very worried about everything and how I'm going to make my life work and how I'm going to do things. But talking about it was so helpful because I was standing in the kitchen with some food and I was thinking am I eating this because I'm hungry or am I eating this because I'm nervous yes I'm really nervous I can feel my body's really nervous and then I would talk to someone about it and that really helped but then I don't want to say I've got anxiety because I don't really know what it's like to have anxiety so I'm, I'm interested in learning about what the different levels and nuances are and I also think you know go for it go and put your inspirational quotes on Instagram go for it but don't do that unless it's the real deal have you called your friend who's going through a divorce? Or have you called your friend whose child is ill? Is that neighbour who's got kids that are crying all the time, is she OK? Does she need a glass of Merlot? Does she need to come and jump over the fence and you just go and throw cheese at her, throw cheese and wine at her? <laughs> so I think with that, make sure that you're not posting Instagram pictures that you actually have no idea what they really mean in your life. What does togetherness in this season mean for you? Oh, I love it. This is my favourite season. Togetherness is just, it's really the heart and soul. I love my job deeply and, and, and just, it's wonderful. But, you know, it's all, it's about family really, isn't it? And friends. And if I've been away a lot, if I did a project in America. The beginning, it was so fun. I was that girl in business class going, oh my God, going to watch all the films, ordering all the food and all the wine. <laughs> just like so incredibly excited. It was, that was so fun. But it's amazing how once you've done, but you're on your own and you're on your own in airport security and you're on your own in the visa line and you're on your own in the taxi on the way to the airport and you're on your own in the morning I remember once being in Las Vegas and they put me in the fattest hotel suite ever it had a bath the size of this podcast room I mean it was just in the most it was looking out onto the fountains it was just and I remember crying pretty much most of the time I was there and I just thought all I want is to go to Nando's with my friends all of the goodness of life it's not, it's not a penthouse suite in Las Vegas. I remember the, also the TV was stuck on the Kardashians, which is just, just deeply depressing. Um, <laughs> and all the goodness in life is sitting in um, our favourite bar in Kendall Rise, laughing, laughing with my friends, or like lying with the kids on the sofa. And money is really important. Don't get me wrong. I hate it when people say money is important. Money is really useful. But the good stuff, good stuff is being with the people that, some of them are annoying, but, you know, the people you love, 
Yeah, who needs Las Vegas when you can have Nando's? You know what? And if I could have Las Vegas with all my friends, that's great. But I don't want Las Vegas. I don't want to be on a yacht on my own. Maybe for a day. Let's go. Okay, we're a day. I'd like a day. (laughs) I'd like a day. But I'm really, I'm really glad. And again, I feel lucky that I've had that experience because I think it's really easy to look at people with all the money and the lavishness. But unless you've got the good and you know, there's good, you know, there's good, good people who are just good, good, lovely people. Yesterday, my friend's a board game inventor, and so yesterday. we had um, we had pizza and tried out his new board game, and it was like one of the best Sundays ever. Find yourself a board game inventor, friend. So it's, there's a board game inventor everywhere. out there waiting <laughs> just for you. It should be um, like Tinder for board game inventors. <laughs> and can you give us uh, a recommendation for something that you're enjoying at the moment? Something that you would um, love to tell us. I've actually about. just bought two books, which I'm really excited about. I'm going to bring them up here. So this is the Stephen Hawking. Um, brief answers to the big questions. You know that it's going to be gold. You know the whole thing is going to be gold. So I, I'm really excited about that. And also, No More Plastic by Martin Dory. Martin Dory. Founder of the hashtag Two Minute Solution. Yeah. Wow. Well, I feel like we've covered everything possible, Cherry. And I'm just going to make <laughs> one last plea. You're beautiful as you are. No Botox. All right. Do you I'm know going what? there. I, it's, it was so, it's really not comfortable. So I think it's going to be a long time until I do it. Good. Never Thank say you. never, though. <laughs> Our thanks to Cherry Healy. And as the season of goodwill and total overwhelm approaches, let's hear some words of wisdom from our guests about how to manage partners, children and bosses and stay sane-ish. Christine. So I have a list that appears in my diary every year and it's like everything that I learned from last Christmas, I try and update with it. So like don't try and buy loads of people like loads of big presents that you then can't fit in the car and like take, you know, take a pie for Christmas Eve and take activities to do around Christmas. And one of the things it does say at the bottom of the list, at the bottom, the last thing it says is remember to have sex because, you know, you can come really disconnected <laughs> over the Christmas period. You yeah. can because you're so in other people's houses and you like, you can really lose the connection between <laughs> Because yeah, you're so obsessed with buying the next Playmobil set with the right horses. I love that. Remember, Remember to connect. To... Yeah, it's like physically. at the end of your list to Father Christmas. Thing. I know, it's a bit sad. Brilliant. It's the last thing. Maybe I should put it um, Rosie, what about you? Tips for staying sane? Remember, remember to have sex. That's my number one. <laughs> <laughs> Keep you sane. <laughs> um, surround yourself with the right people. Filter out all the idiots because there's a lot out there. And also um, just make sure you take... A bit. I know it's hard when you've got children, but just literally take a bit of time for a bit of solitude because that's where ideas kind of start growing and manifesting and you actually start feeling like a bit more like a sane person. I also think, like, with, with kids and Christmas, I think you get really tunnel-driven on the presents and getting the right things. And actually, if you just remember, like, the experiences and some of the magical things, like last yeah. year at our house, I don't know if this happened to yours, but Santa's sleigh crashed and there were, like, white lines of snow on the grass and he dropped some presents around the garden that we had to go and find. And it just, like, made Christmas morning, like, more exciting oh and God. more delayed. So much effort. No, it really wasn't. It really wasn't. It was. It, it involved a little bit of throwing things around, but it just like it was like a real conscious decision. Like, let's not make this about the presents. Let's make this about making hot chocolate. Let's make this about like painting well, a tea out, towel right. for Granny. Well, they're out looking for the presents in the garden underneath the compost heap. You're doing the one, the last thing on the to-do list. Remember yeah. to have sex. Uh, we've heard Cherry's topical recommendations for now. Rosie, what is your recommendation, whether it's books, TV, you've been I catching recently up with... discovered face gym. There are 40 muscles in our faces, right? 
if you work these muscles quite vigorously, um, Meghan Markle does this, it makes you look like you've had a bit of a facelift. I'm and not what, even joking. And what is this, an online thing you look up or it's a book? Or well, you can you can look it up. You can go to Selfridges and book yourself in 45 minutes and they give you a facial workout, which includes like pre-stretching on your face. They use a yoga ball on your face and then they give you like toning, conditioning. You do look like a bit of a fool when you get it done because you're getting stretched around all over the place. And it's something you need to keep doing. Cause if I can look like you, Rosie, I'm, not, I'm in. Oh, thanks, babe. This yeah. is face too. <laughs> Christine, what's your recommendation? I'm the worst person for upset. I'm behind on everything. Like, I still am loving I Love Dick from last year, which was such a brilliant, brilliant series. And I'm going to watch it again over Christmas because I love it so much. I really loved Vanity Fair and I think it got totally lost in the sort of autumn series mm. behind the one with the suicide vest that I can't now remember the name of which was amazing as well and I thought was really really brilliant and I'm also really into hourglass lipsticks at the moment the stains especially because they really mm. last and I think a red lip over Christmas yeah, you can wear one. your budget pads and still look amazing yeah and you if you can't do your hair it's yeah, fine. Exactly. Can't do your hair. Your hair's screwed. Can't do anything Get your red else. Lip out. I agree. Yeah, it's number Very one. Very good. Well, mine are I'm Dying Up Here on Now TV, nice. an amazing series about 1970s comedy club, which is run by a woman. Nice. It's really, really funny and brilliant. Um, the executive producer is Jim Carrey and it cl- includes some of his early experiences on the circuit. Absolutely brilliant. I'm Dying Up Here. And series six of House of Cards. <gasps> I've just Very started. underrated. I've just, started. just watch it for the fashion. I love how much she owns that look. Yeah, I mean, literally. she's just, it's so ruthless. The styling in that show is literally, immaculate. it's immaculate. I don't know how they do it. I'm in awe. I've got George watching yeah. it. Looking at the That's clothes not a woman that. you're ever going to see wearing badger pants. <laughs> so that's all for now. We'll be back soon. But until then, thanks so much to our guests, Cherry Healy, Rosie Underwood and Christine Armstrong. We Are Women is a whistledown production for Mint Velvet. The producers are Kate Taylor and Simon Jarvis. I'm Viv Groskop. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Hold up. 